Hello everyone. As we approach the mid-semester week, I would like to take a short break from learning about the great scientists who contributed to the mechanical behavior of materials and go over and talk about an Indian scientist and leader who contributed to the growth of research as well as one of the very well-known organizations which pioneered space research in India. This, my friends, is a podcast which focuses on Professor Satish Dhawan. I am reading an excerpt from Dr. Ramchandra Guha's article on the Telegraph, Standing Tall. The late APJ Abdul Kalam liked to tell stories with morals. A story he was particularly fond of related to the launch of a satellite by the Indian Space Research Organization in July 1979. Kalam was in charge of the project at ISRO and when some members expressed reservation about its readiness, he overruled them and ordered it to go ahead. Unfortunately, the launch failed. Instead of going into space, the satellite plunged into the Bay of Bengal. As team leader, Kalam was humiliated by the failure and terrified by the prospect of announcing it before the press. He was saved from embarrassment by the chairman of ISRO, Satish Dhawan, who went himself before the television cameras to say that despite this failure, he reposed complete faith in the abilities of his team and was confident that their next attempt would succeed. The following August, Kalam and his team tried once more to launch a satellite into space. This time, they succeeded. Dhawan congratulated the team while asking Kalam to address the press conference. In telling the story in later years, during and after his term as President of India, Kalam would feelingly recall, when the failure occurred, the leader owned it up. When the success came, he gave the credit to his team. Something for all of us to learn from. This month, India's scientific community is celebrating the birth centenary of Abdul Kalam's hero, Satish Dhawan, who was born on September 25, 1920, in Srinagar. The son of a judge, Dhawan was raised and educated in Lahore, where he took degrees successively in physics and mathematics, in literature and in mechanical engineering. This combination was unusual, if not unique, in the Indian context bridging the three worlds of science, the humanities and technology, respectively. The Lahore of the 1930s and 40s was a place which encouraged such experimentation. The city was then a great centre of culture and scholarship, a confluence of the best of the Hindu, the Islamic, the Sikh and the European intellectual traditions. In 1945, after taking the third of these degrees, Dhawan came to Bangalore, and worked for a year at the newly founded Hindustan Aeronautics Limited, HAL as we call it today. He then went off to the United States of America for further studies, obtaining an MS from the University of Minnesota, followed by an MS and a PhD in Aeronautical Engineering from the California Institute of Technology. He was away when independence and partition occurred, the latter event forcing his family to leave Pakistan and migrate to India instead. Soon after returning to his now-divided homeland, Satish Dhawan joined the aeronautics department at the Indian Institute of Science. One of his early students, Radham Narsimha, recalls that Dhawan brought to the institute an element of youth, 
freshness, modernity, earnestness and Californian informality that captivated the students and many colleagues. Dhawan enjoyed his research, building the first supersonic wind tunnels in the country. He enjoyed his adopted city too, where he fell in love with and married the cytogeneticist Nalini Nirodi. In 1962, he was appointed the director of the Indian Institute of Science, a place that at that time was, in the words of one chronicler, slowly slipping into a comfortable state of academic somnolence. Dhawan woke the place from its slumber, making it the premier research institute in the country. In his tenure as IISC director, he helped incubate new research programs in computer science, molecular biophysics, solid-state chemistry, ecology and atmospheric science, recruiting brilliant scholars from all over India and the world to staff and run them. In 1971-72, Dhawan was granted a sabbatical by the IISC. He went off to his alma mater, Caltech, hoping to dirty his hands with research. While he was away, the head of India's space program, Vikram Sarabhai, died at the tragically early age of 52. This was a body blow to Indian science and especially to our space efforts, then at a nascent stage. On the advice of her principal secretary, P.N. Haskar, Prime Minister Indira Gandhi sent a long cable to California asking Satish Dhawan to succeed Sarabhai as chairman of ISRO. He agreed, but not before stipulating two conditions. That he continues as director of IISC and that the headquarters of the space program shift from Ahmedabad to Bangalore. Mrs. Gandhi accepted both conditions as well as a third, that Dhawan be allowed to complete his year of research at Caltech before returning to his new responsibilities in India. In his book, ISRO, A Personal History, Aravamudan vividly recalls Dhawan's taking over as chairman and changes that he brought in the organization. Sarabhai's management style was that of a patriarch dealing with a small, well-knit family. It was a kind of monolithic structure and Sarabhai operated on a one-on-one -on -one basis. There were no formal systems in place with parallel technicians operating. Sometimes they would work on the same systems without any organization. This loose informal style just about worked when ISRO was small and still developing. But as it grew larger and its goals became more ambitious, the organization required a more structured form of management. Thus, Dhawan's first task was to bring some order into the widely dispersed teams by integrating them and defining their individual roles and collective responsibilities. He also arranged for a national level review of the long-term tasks of ISRO in association with internal and external experts. As an ISRO scientist who experienced this transformation firsthand, Arava Mudan writes, Our new chairman was a dignified man with great intellectual honesty. He encouraged honest criticism and was quick to recognize merit. Sarabhai's style was fine when the structure was loose and still evolving. But now we need to freeze things and get on to execution mode. Dhawan exactly fitted the role with a systematic approach and no-nonsense style. At ISRO, Dhawan was keen to emphasize the organization's social role, focusing on what satellites could do with regard to weather forecasting, natural resource mapping and communications. He worked assiduously to keep the organization at a distance from powerful politicians. Hence, the decision to shift its headquarters even further away from Delhi and his own unwillingness to accept personal handouts such as Rajya Sabha seats. IISC is arguably our finest center of scientific research today. 
and ISRO almost certainly our most admired public sector organization. In the making of both these organizations and their reputations, the same individual played a critical part. These two institutions required somewhat different forms of leadership. That Dhawan could successfully guide both and at the same time is a mark of how great a leader he was. The writer Ram Guha was privileged to know Satish Dhawan in his last years. He was a fine scientist, a great builder of institutions and a warm and compassionate human being. His long-time IIC colleague, Amulya Reddy, wrote of him that unlike most of his contemporaries, he was about caste, language, religious and provincial considerations. Dhawan, he added, was devoid of jealousy and envy. Meanwhile, his ISRO colleague Yashpal said of Dhawan that in his treatment of individuals, there was no favoritism and no animosities. The Indian scientist with whom he worked closely for the longest period, Radham Narsimha, concluded his in his own obituary of Dhawan by saying, he was, most of all, the undeclared but widely accepted moral and social conscience of the scientific community. Jyotsna Dhawan says of her father's deep social consciousness, as she writes, in building the launch centre at Sri Harikota, the displacement of the Yanari tribe troubled him. Set as it was against the massive displacements going on all over India in the name of development, and he worked hard to see that some reparations were made. Satish Dhawan was one of the greatest of modern Indians, being to the field of science what J.R.D. Tata was to entrepreneurship, Kamala Devi Chattopadhyaya to the craft sector, and Varghese Kurian to the cooperative movement. I hope you get to learn more about these greats who have served our country and the world in general. There are many lessons in Dhawan's life for the emerging leaders of today, be they in science, politics, business, administration or civil society. They include an absolute integrity in personal life and professional conduct, a remarkable ability to recognize and nurture talent and to allocate responsibilities wisely and well. The generosity of spirit that encourages subordinates to claim credit for success and not least, the moral courage that leads the leader to take the blame for failure. I hope that this particular article that I just read inspires you to take the same road to your own paths of greatness. Thank you everyone.